0: welcome back. We are now carrying on talking to Lynn McBain about the student experience of becoming a marketeer. So learning how to be a marketeer, not panicking about learning how to becoming a marketeer. And Lynn McBain is making us very secure that learning forever is the right thing to do. So we very much hope that you enjoy the second half of this.
1: I mean, the other good thing that we have as well is that um, we have a first year module, for example, it's um, based around marketing research. And we use a live client for the brief. And for the last couple of years, we've used the same client, big blue chip organisation. They keep coming back every year because the first years do such a good job providing a solution to the market research problem that they give them that wow. they really benefit from it. And in effect, they're getting free marketing research.
0: So I was going to say they're getting free, free stuff. Um,
1: but, you know, and they are only first years. I say only first years, that sounds a bit disparaging, but, you know, they're, they're quite sort of early in their their education yeah. journey.
0: And market research isn't easy.
1: No. Absolutely. It really isn't
0: easy. You don't just, oh, here's the, I'll just find the answer on Google.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, you so that's it. great.
2: That's really good. It's really good to hear, actually. I mean, it's interesting because you say that you've got these people, I imagine the placement must be so valuable in so many ways to them. And it, it's interesting as well, because I'm just thinking back mm-hmm. to, um, you know, people I've worked with, you know, so marketers, by the time you employ them or you work with them, but hardly any people I've worked with, I guess, they've done a marketing specific Qualification or undergrad, you know, people have done English and geography and or something completely different, you know, and then they come along. So I, don't, I, I mean, it has. I mean, clearly the the course must be popular, and there are more undergraduate marketing courses out there these days than more than they used to be, or I don't know. That is that might just my perception. It could be, but
1: yeah, no, I think you're right, Sam. I think that there are more out there. Certainly, the market's very competitive for students. You know, when you're marketing yourself at a university. But yes, and I think the students are quite discerning these days as well, bearing in mind that they're paying so much to gain a degree, yep. putting themselves potentially in a lot of debt after they graduate. So it's not right that it's being commercialised in terms of education because you are not paying for a degree, you are paying for the educational journey. You're paying for the support in that higher education institution but it has changed the students' perspective of their own place, if you like, or their own agency in a higher education institution. So that's another tension, I think, that we will battle with.
0: Yeah, yeah, that is interesting. I mean, what's interesting is that I used to, um, when I, I my my corporate life was publishing, and I'm sure this has changed, but maybe not for all old crusties like me, who are now. Because uh, our Sam and I are now getting to the level where if we were working in corporate, we would be the marketing directors who are, you know, guiding things and all that kind of thing. When I was working in publishing, I used to really worry when I got an applicant who came to me who'd done a publishing degree. Because I'd think, I don't want you to know what you're doing, because I want to mould you. And I don't, I think things have changed. I don't want to say I was obviously a dictatorial lunatic, but um, it's useful for people to have knowledge, but sometimes you don't want them to come knowing how to do things because every business is different. Yeah. And yeah. I, I wonder if there's the same uh, with people like, you know, those marketing directors who haven't ever done a marketing degree and don't know what it is, there is that tension of, not sure I want you to come with all this inverted commas knowledge. Yeah,
1: that's, that's a good point, Sally. <laughs> I have, however, had interesting conversations with students when they come back from placement. And they said, you know that module you taught us about marketing planning? I'm like, yeah. Well, it really happens, you know, <laughs> when you go and work. So I said, yeah, I know. I said, that's, that's why we, we teach you that. So right. It's really nice. It's quite gratifying because you think, oh, yeah, yeah. they get it now, they get it. Because, you know, the whole point of learning something, and we've all been there because we all sit in, you know, our various sort of spot when we're learning things, Think, why am I learning this? What's the point of it? You know, so I think signposting it to students is really important, but you can tell them and tell them and tell them that this is what they do in industry. But until they actually get out there and put it into practice, they might not believe us, yep. which you know, it's a bit yeah. sad that they don't
0: believe. There me. is the other side of that coin that they might get into a place where they don't do planning, because I've worked with businesses where there's a very limited planning approach to anything. And they might find that actually they can bring benefit to businesses really quickly because they understand how to do a proper marketing plan.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true. And I think some businesses do like that. And also we we do get a number of businesses approach us saying, have you got any marketing students who want to get some work experience? We haven't got any money to pay them. So, for example, we've got a final year student at the moment. She's just um, got herself a a small job with a small events company who is run by people who are a lot older and don't understand social media and digital and that type of thing. So, they've come to us and said, Would one of your students like to come and basically tell us how to do this? So, she's started working with them, and it's good for her because that means she's got skills on her CV. And it's good for them because it shows them sort of new things to learn about. Um, so yes yeah, I saw her yesterday and how's it going she said yeah yeah it's really good she said they want more out of me than I can actually give bearing in mind she's a <laughs> final year student <laughs> so what we've done we've started looking for other students who can work alongside her so they're getting a little team together to help this organization so you know so that's that's another nice thing that can
0: that is and it might be it might be forever they might I think of oh, actually we can always have free marketing from, from Brooks University <laughs> <laughs> well, there <you> go. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Yeah, it's it, it is interesting that point because as I was writing down some of the, my thoughts about this it was actually the general marketer as I say again so I, I've been in a situation where I've been you know the only marketer uh, in the organization or you know, either as a freelancer or, or actually employed or a small team and i suppose there's that difference isn't there so you get the people who go want to go to agency the the corporate uh, want to go in and then you know they're going to be into a digital team say or copywriting, PR team, whatever it might be. But then the people, I suppose, who I say wind up or perhaps try to get into uh, and, and focus on smaller businesses. And that's great, a huge opportunity, isn't it? Obviously, to come in and, as you say, like educate internally about... What we can do and have that sort of carte blanche. I can now, you know, mold this in my own image and actually have a marketing strategy and, and take it in their own direction. But I'm guessing that person would then be more of the, you know, the generalist marketer still, who's someone who actually, as we said before, can understand the analytics and the creative side, can commission people to do work for them. And that's something I find very exciting. And I was wondering if that's still something, I mean, clearly like your student who's doing this, um, but is that something you find people quite excited about and interested in with, you know, particularly the entrepreneurial side, I suppose, when you're thinking about working with small businesses.
1: Yeah, I think that there is a lot out there that that students could potentially get involved with, certainly. And we do tell them that it's not all about the big blue chips and FMCG, fast-moving consumer goods. And, you know, the bulk of the GDP from this country comes from SMEs, let's face it. Um, And this isn't about me, but my own journey into marketing was not straightforward at all. Uh, (laughs) My degree was in microbiology, Um, I started off as a medical sales rep and then I sort of fell into marketing because somebody within an organization that I'd moved out of the pharmaceutical industry into a small manufacturing company said to me, do you want to do the marketing? We're not quite sure what it's about, but we can pay for your Chartered Institute of Marketing um, qualifications at night school. It was night school in those days. (laughs) I am that old. And so I was like, oh, okay, what's marketing all about? I don't really sort of, you know, and as a salesperson, I was sort of- a sort I
0: of a don't know, catalogs.
1: Yeah, we've been briefed by them at conferences and things on new products, but I was like, not quite sure what they do. Don't they just like do, you know, advertising and stuff? So classic, you know, in yep. impression of marketers. And so went and did my CIM and then sort of grew my marketing career from there. So I was that person, Sam, working in an SME the only person doing the marketing, but I had a blast. I had a tiny budget, really tiny, but it was such a challenge to make it stretch. And we did some amazing things. And um, I then bounced on to another company with a little bit of a bigger budget. It was still an SME, and you know, did better things with that. We won awards and stuff. And so yeah, just really, really enjoyed learning about all of it, really, and how you could sort of work with with various parts of the organization
0: and how a customer-centric um attitude is really important. I mean you made a really good point just then that one that's why they need to do their business and maths bit. They need to do the budgety bit. They may not like it, but they are only going to succeed particularly in SMEs and for entrepreneurs actually, if they've absolutely got a firm, firm hand on the finance bit. And also understanding all the different stakeholder groups in and around
1: an organization, not only internally, but externally, so you know where you can leverage that goodwill. And you know how important it is to communicate in different ways with those stakeholder groups, because they've all got vested interests in you for different reasons. And I think trying to teach that is actually really impossible. I think you actually (laughs) have to be in it to
0: get it. I absolutely agree. And how to manage them, how to manage those stakeholders is genuinely impossible. The students have to be brave enough to make a mistake. So they've got to be courageous enough to fail. Absolutely. And we've all been there. Oh, yeah. And you do learn. I know, I know it's a cliche and students will sit back and go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you do learn from failing. You really do. And everyone who says, no, I've always been perfect is simply lying.
1: Yeah, yeah, and going back to to um, teaching as well, we are very, very keen on working with students and their feedback. So we build in lots of what we call formative feedback sessions during the semester for a module, and we ask the students to engage with that feedback, and you know, not just to ignore it, just to say, okay, why do you think you got this feedback? What did you learn from it? What are you going to do differently now, moving forwards? And it's all about that moving forward, learning from experience, from the feedback, from your tutors, from your peers as well. So we just encourage peer review, peer assessment. And I think if you can get that mindset at university or even at school, yeah. right, and take that into industry with you, fantastic. So it becomes an automatic, reflexive
0: type of approach. Yeah, and to have that doing at university because it doesn't happen at work. It may, you know, it may claim it does, but it just doesn't. You have to do it yourself at work, and it's really hard to do for yourself. Self criticism is blooming tricky. Yeah,
2: and I, I suppose really you'd, you'd hope that would feed into, you know, line management. If you've got a good line manager, or, and then you're line managing other people as well. So the, the best companies where you're really getting that support and constructive uh, criticism feedback is is so important, isn't it? As you say if people have got an idea of that already, then that's great. But I mean, there was one thing I really wanted to get onto, which was AI. If I'm talking about AI and I'm talking about technology again, I don't think there's a definitive answer for this, but it was just really, I was interested in, particularly right now, we're seeing people saying, making these big claims about AI, not taking over marketing, but it's going to be a huge change. And there's all sorts taking place now. And, and Sally and I have sort of been touching on this the last few weeks, actually, and I think delving into it more and more ourselves. So I'm very interested in discussing this in more depth with all sorts of people. But are you seeing any sense of, of students now coming to the workplace, considering that you know, AI can obviously complement and help us, but are they, do you think there's the sense that people are either worried or or concerned about technology eroding the role of the marketer? Is there a sense of, I suppose, technology, this type of technology, AI in particular, do you think people are, how are they viewing that at the moment and, and what the power of what that could do for, for marketers in particular?
1: Okay, I think it's early days yet, yeah, Sam. I think it will change the role of a marketer. I don't think it will ever replace marketers because you cannot replace human beings. We do make them aware of things like chatbots, for example. It's a good example of AI and how a chatbot can become more intelligent as it understands the questions that's being asked of it, et cetera, et cetera. But it cannot replace face-to-face frontline customer service person because of the nuances and the emotions involved and all of those things. Not at the moment anyway. Mm. (laughs) So who knows how technology (laughs) might develop. So that's one thing. And I think... In terms of things like creatives, and I know that agencies now can access AI and they can put in a sentence of an image that they want constructed by AI and then out comes a bear riding a bike down the main street of London or something like that. I don't know. whatever. Um, So so that saves a lot of money because you don't actually have to get a bear riding a bike down the main (laughs) street of London. Um, So, you know, it's so I think it has a place And I think as academics, we need to be aware of that place and how that place might change as AI develops. But I don't think it will ever replace marketers.
0: I don't either, because I think the value of authenticity, which is and a tone of voice. And as you say, it's the human characteristics I mean, you know, funnily enough, that advertisement's got meerkats in it, the money can compare, money compare thing, which has got meerkats. And they've just brought in a new advertising which has got a wombat in it. And the wombat's a bit gormless and hopeless. And they they have a new strap line says, Don't wombat it, meerkat it. So, you know, don't make mistakes, do it right with us. The reason that works is because that wombat is so human. <laughs> And he so gets it wrong and that you so get why he's getting it wrong. So you can't, otherwise everything's kind of perfect and marvellous and that's not fun at all.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think as well, AI can probably alienate customers. Mm. So you, we all know the limitations of it. I mean, if you go on to your bank, for example, and all of a sudden the chat's like, oh, can I help you? How can I help? And you're like, no, you can't answer my specific problem. I'm sorry. Because the AI is only as good as the programming that is inside it and the intelligence that allows it to understand what the issue is. And so I think it can frustrate customers more than answer their queries or help so hinder rather than help and I think yeah it has got a place and probably with the more mundane repetitive things and let's let it have that almost but, <laughs> yes. but yeah the, the relationship building I mean if you think about business to business and account managers you know salespeople in business to business environments they're in charge of lots of money inside a huge account And you cannot replace that human interaction. You know, we will always need people to do that job.
0: Mm. Good. Hurrah.
2: Yeah, that's good. I think that's a positive thing. I mean, as you say, I mean, I I, I sort of see it in the, uh, you know, you think 10 years down the road, if there's... The most positive way of looking at it is that you know ai and and technology or other automated technology can help complement, as you say, the work of, of marketers and perhaps replace. If it saves us time doing things that we don't necessarily need to sit down and do as human beings as much great because then we can focus on being creating even better campaigns and being even more closely aligned with our with our customers and and audiences and so yeah sort of seeing it in that complementary way which yeah hopefully lifts the game of everyone really raises the game for everyone and that would be a really nice way to see it in the future and I mean I always I'm fascinated by this whole thing of you know like technology and regulation this kind of stepping you know technology improves regulation catches up and and as we see time and again you know with the use of analytics or gdpr Etc people want to have more and more authentic uh, relationships, don't they, with other humans rather than and with organizations? And an organization is what a collection of humans at the end of the day who are behind a brand promise. And that's why I'm always fascinated by this, this golden thread of you know never using, losing sight of the human beings, and anything you're doing is complementing that. So, as a, as a grand strategy, I suppose, if I was a marketing director in a company right now, that would be what I'd be looking to do. So, it's um, yeah, it's just interesting, really interesting to discuss this. There's all sorts of different people I'm talking to outside of my marketing as well who were looking at use of technology so um i haven't really asked a question i'm just making a point really in observation yeah. but, but all, well, to sort of
1: build on that i think from the point of view of, of technology as it develops it can also make it more difficult to access customers if you think about the cookies and everything that's changed mm-hmm. regulations and gdpr and everything, sort of the data protection regulations so you've got that so it's harder to reach your consumers if you like on mass but then you also have things like addressable advertising coming on board where you can, you know, actually look at what somebody's media habits are and very precisely target the sorts of advertisements that they even see on their televisions. So, you know, obviously that's through cable, but, but um, you know, it's, it's so it's really so there's this juxtaposition, isn't there? As technology develops, it becomes more difficult to um, do marketing. But then as technology develops, it also becomes easier to do it, but in a different way. So. Mm. That constant learning, I think, is, is really important. And I know there is a concept in business about learning companies. But I think if you are a learning individual within a side of company, even so when you leave education and you start your role and you're constantly immersing yourself in, you know, things that are being developed, I think that's really interesting. You know, like blockchains and um, NFTs and, you know, all of those things, there's, there's massive opportunity out there, but it's how do we use it when do we use it why do we use it um, you know with what benefit for the customer ultimately. so
0: oh Lynn I think that's a really brilliant way for us to round this off because actually we've come around to that students go in to learn things but actually you never stop learning. They come in and they do their degree and they become a marketer but they never ever stop learning and you've just rounded that off just perfectly. Thank you very, very much for talking to us. Lynn, would you like to tell everybody who may be listening to us if anybody wants to talk to you or find you on LinkedIn or speak with you? Is there any way that people can find you? Yeah, sure.
1: Um, so, my name's Lynn McBain, L Y N N M C B A I N, and I'm a senior lecturer in marketing at Oxford Brooks Business School. You can find me on LinkedIn, Lynn McBain. Um, And you can also email me if you want to on l.mcbane, M-C-B-A-I-N, at
0: brooks.ac.uk. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Lynn. That's absolutely fabulous. And all our listeners, thank you very much for joining us again. And if you want to find anything more out about us, you can find our podcasts on every single channel you want to find. So you'll be able to listen to this again and again and again. And do share it with any students or people at school who might be thinking about doing marketing as a career because this has been incredibly insightful. Thank you very much, Lynn. You're
1: welcome. Thank you for asking.
2: Thanks very much, Lynn. It's been great. Thank you.